Well, my friends, Pride Month is officially here and the average American has had enough. From one of the most powerful voices in big tech calling gender transition surgery for children castration, to Americans costing woke corporations billions, the average person is tired of the insanity. And if you couple that with the fact that the truth is beginning to thrive on social media as censorship dies, you've got a country that is finally beginning to wake up and push back. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My my name is Savannah Hernandez, your host for this episode. Thank you guys so much for being so patient with me as I have been traveling across the country over the past three weeks. Now, I'm going to open up the show with a little bit of a recap for you guys on what I have been doing because I truly have missed you guys and I do apologize that it has taken me so long to get a new show for you. But it is because I have been between Portland, New York, El Paso. I was at the border for the end of Title 42. I have been nonstop editing, doing news hits all across the board. So I'm sorry that I haven't been here. But thank you guys for patiently waiting for me as I have made my return. Now, of course, before we start the show, please do remember that it is, of course, powered by you guys, as is a lot of my reporting as well. You know, uh, when you guys donate, sometimes I use that to buy new equipment to make my reporting better or replace old equipment that sometimes gets smashed up by crackheads when I go and I report on the drug crisis in Philadelphia. Yes, that is something that has actually happened. Now, some of the ways that you can support the reporting is uh, by going to my subscribe star. The link is down below. Now, previously, I stayed okay if you subscribe you can have access to direct messaging with me but there was too many messages for me to keep up with i apologize so if you guys would like to you know leave a, a monthly donation or anything like that this is just one of the easier ways to do so so thank you to everybody on subscribe star uh, who is actively on there supporting the show also remember you can leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts. it helps us grow in the charts it helps other people find the show so if you'd like to do that i also read every single one it helps keep me going because i really like hearing from you guys and uh you know hearing what you guys have to say regarding the show how i can make it better how i can make it worse i don't know but anyways let's jump straight into what i have been doing for the past three weeks now I started off at Portland State University with Billboard Chris and my good friend James Klug. Now, Billboard Chris was going to Portland State University, very woke area, and he held his sign that said children cannot consent to puberty blockers. And of course, fireworks ensued. This crazed transgender activist on a bike came and continually assaulted Chris, tried to take his phone, threw it across the courtyard we were in. There was another... Uh, mentally ill person down the street screaming and hollering because it's Portland and it's just insanity. So that entire day was absolutely crazy. But that was the start of May. We went to Portland State. I did reporting on that. I believe we got 4 million views out of that reporting because of just how insane the people in Portland are. You guys know how that story usually goes. And then I made my way to the border in El Paso for the expiration of Title 42. Now, if you guys miss me on the podcast and you want to say or know what I'm up to, oftentimes I am actually the majority of the time I am posting my reporting in live time on Twitter. So the link is down below as well. Go follow me on there if you guys miss me. But I went to the border to watch the expiration of Title 42 because we were expecting that large surge of migrants. Now, something I do want to report to you guys, um, if you haven't heard me say it on one of the news hits that I've been on over the past couple of weeks, one of the reasons why we didn't see a big surge of migrants 
after the expiration of Title 42, but we actually saw it in the weeks leading up to the expiration and then the three days prior was because a lot of the migrants were told that it was easier and better to cross before the expiration of Title 42 because then they would get deported and they could keep recrossing over and over again, as opposed to now being deported under Title 8, where they could potentially face uh, being deported and not being able to reclaim asylum in the United States for up to eight to five years. So it was really interesting to go down to the border to watch this all unfold. Um, but, uh, you know, again, the expiration of Title 42 didn't really mean anything because the border has been open since Joe Biden has taken office. Since he has been in office, uh, you know, this is going to be a very conservative estimate based off of what uh, Customs and Border Patrol have reported, just because, you know, I want to be factual and correct. But, you know, I would honestly add an extra two, maybe three million on top of this number. But a CBP reporting that upwards of seven million people have illegally crossed the border since Joe Biden has taken office. Do not forget for, that for the fiscal year of 2022, we had over 2.7 million people cross the border. So it was it was such an interesting thing to report on, right? Because I'm there at the border, and of course the media is all there. You have your press gaggle that is right there for the countdown of Title 42, like it's freaking uh, illegal immigrant New Year's Eve. And I'm just standing there, and I'm like, why is this news? This has been happening for the past two years. Why is it that Greg Abbott is pretending that he's some big hero for putting up barbed wire at some of the open areas at the border when he should have been doing this all along? I don't know. Maybe I'm a hater, uh, but it would have been great if maybe he had instituted some of these more strict border policies two years ago before the media attention was on the border. And of course, that's exactly what we saw in El Paso because I was on the ground there. And it was so funny what happened, right? Because you had all of those migrant camps. You had all these illegals camping out on the street. Uh, actually, let me see if I can pull up some of the videos for you guys here. Um, and what ended up happening is the media went and they started reporting all of the migrants sleeping on the street. And then what happened? The city of El Paso then came in and they were like, oh, okay, let's go ahead and clean this up since people are actually starting to report on this issue. So luckily for me, uh, the video is kind of lagging here. My apologies. Uh, but we were able to see the influx of migrants before the city came and cleaned them up because reporters started to make their way down to the border. Uh, so, you know, they basically shipped the migrants further into the city so they could eventually be bused further into the United States of America. Again, you can go to my Twitter account to go and watch this footage. And it was just absolutely hilarious to me because when I was at the border, uh, I was actually stopped by a member of, she said she was with Border Patrol. And listen to her response to my reporting, right? Because I was already on Fox News uh, twice during that week. I know a lot of you guys don't love Fox, but you know, they still get a conservative amount of viewership. So I went on there, I was on Ingram's show, I was reporting what I was seeing at the border. And one of the most shocking things was when the migrants cross the border, they're given NTA papers, which means notice to appear. Now, these papers do allow them to legally be in the United States until their immigration court date. I happened upon a migrant 
whose NTA paper, meaning she could stay in the United States until this date, wasn't until April 26th of 2027. My friends, it is 2023. That's four years away, okay? So the government essentially giving migrants um, these documents so they can illegally stay into the United States after they've already broken our laws. Um, so after I reported this story, uh, we did see for the expiration of Title 42, the buses of illegal immigrants coming in. This happens every single night. It's not like the expiration was a big thing. Uh, but listen to what members of our own government were doing to try to quell the story from getting out. Thank you. Please wear the safety, please. Trying to protect the privacy, please. Yes, I'm sorry, we're trying to document uh, the illegal activity, and I understand that you want people to back up, but also there's plenty of room here. You guys have a lot of agents are trying to do their work. I understand that, and we're trying to do our work, showing the American people what is going on at the border. So we are at a safe space. You guys are loading the migrants right now, so okay. You guys keep asking us to back up, and we're trying to simply stand here and film. We're not in the way, so there you go. Okay, so that was a an alleged member of CBP shutting me down from filming uh, Customs and Border Patrol loading up migrants and busing them into the United States. Now, funny thing is, is that somebody noted that this is the same woman who tried to stop Ted Cruz from filming in one of the migrant shelters, I believe it was last year. So really interesting how our government works, right? They just want to make sure that they're basically doing everything they can to keep the public in the dark about what's actually happening. So after I went to the border, I made my way over to New York and my friend if you have not watched my latest mini documentary, please go do so because my good friend Carlos Arellano, former whistleblower that I've actually worked with before, you guys might have seen his story on MVM Inc. He blew the whistle on the federally funded company. I believe they received about $140 million from the Biden administration. And this was the same company that was um, shipping migrant children throughout the United States and handing them off to unvetted adults. Yeah, that's right. My whistleblower came forward. This was last year. And he was like, yep, sometimes the kids don't even know these adults and they'll admit that to us. And uh, MVM Inc. is telling us, yeah, just leave the kids with these with these random adults that you know, that they might not know. So a uh, great job to the Biden administration for being a part of a giant child trafficking scheme, but that's not anything new. Now, Carlos, after witnessing that, was like, okay, uh, you know what? I don't want to work with the children anymore. This isn't right. Made his way to New York, and he ended up working in a management position at one of the largest migrant hotels in New York City, my friends, okay? This hotel was housing upwards of 5,000 illegal immigrants. Hang on, let me fact check myself there. Not upwards, up to 5,000 illegal immigrants. Sorry, I'm not trying to exaggerate the number here. So uh, up to 5,000 illegal immigrants a block away from Times Square. And what I'm showing you on screen right now are some of the inside photos of what these migrants' rooms look like. Uh, now, this was called the Row NYC, and rooms formerly went for about $500 a night. These migrants are receiving free laundry service, housekeeping, Uber rides. Uh, Carlos was saying that he's seeing two to three babies born per week there, and the migrant mothers are then taken to local New York hospitals. They give birth to their anchor baby, and then they're given free cribs, free health care, free car seats, anything that they need. And then on top of that, he also detailed incident reports of 10 to 14 
14-year-olds getting drunk, uh, domestic violence. He said that if these migrants get violent in this hotel, they are never deported. ICE is never called. NYPD is never called. He said that it was they were always told to handle everything internally. And that these migrants were essentially given a different hotel room if they were too violent to stay at the row NYC. And then many of the migrant families, because a lot of the fathers would be abusive, but they would have, you know, the wife and then the kids there. Uh, the husband would then get another hotel room paid for by the New York City taxpayers, mind you. And then the migrant families would be jumping between hotel rooms. So that's kind of a brush up on what I have been doing for the past three weeks. Thank you guys so much for being patient with me. I really needed to do some investigative reporting. So I really enjoyed getting to take the past three weeks to really be on the ground and give you guys new exclusive news. Um, also, in regards to New York, let me just run through some numbers with you guys. So we can really get into how bad the migrant crisis is over there. Uh, I'm about to jump into today's news because uh, I reported this uh, last week, I believe this is when this broke a week and a half ago. And, um, you know, back when I first reported this, Eric Adams was trying to revoke the sanctuary law that uh, has been instated for the past 40 years. This is from the post-millennial. Eric Adams wants to revoke New York City's sanctuary city status amid massive migrant influx. Now, this... Um, oh, actually, this is the sanctuary city status. Um, let me see here. Yes, okay. So, basically, what this uh, status stated... Well, actually, this might be a completely different article because he, okay, there's two things here. Sorry. Eric Adams is handling this crisis so poorly that he's trying to revoke everything. He's basically trying to uno reverse card everything, every policy that he has tried to instate and everything that he has tried to put in place for the migrants. Let's not forget that Eric Adams is at the forefront of being like, we, we must welcome the immigrant. And now that it's time to welcome the immigrants, Eric Adams is like, oh, yeah, no, we didn't really mean it. Please, please stop. Uh, I believe over 65,000 illegal immigrants have made their way to New York City since last spring. So, yes, the city is at capacity with illegal immigrants, okay? Outside of the row NYC, you'll just see Venezuelans lined up there, and uh, they're all hanging out. They utilize ID NYC, which allows them to get a government-issued ID because New York advertises this, right? It's one of their sanctuary city statuses. Um, if you are an illegal immigrant, regardless of your immigration status, you can go and apply for one of these IDs. It's a government ID. You can apply for employment. You can apply for affordable housing, government programs, um, health benefits. You can even apply to open up bank accounts at select institutions. So this is what the city of New York was advertising to these illegal immigrants. On top of that, they also had their right to shelter law in place. That was uh, what I confused this for. Now, the right to shelter law was in place for four decades, okay? 40 years. And Eric Adams was asking a judge to revoke that because that law was put in place to say that if anybody in New York uh, requested shelter from the city, the city would have to provide it. But now that Eric Adams has to welcome said immigrants that he, you know, had his arms open to a couple years ago. Now he's like, oh gosh, please stop this immediately. We can't do this. So on top of that, he's also trying to revoke uh, New York City's sanctuary status, which again um, is one of the big reasons why 
a lot of these migrants are headed towards New York City because they know they can go there and they won't have to fear deportation and they can work and they can live their American dream. They can go to the Row NYC and stay at a $500 a night hotel room and get all of the health benefits that they ever need. Uh, by the way, guys, uh, I did put the fundraiser for Carlos down below. He was incredibly brave in coming forward with this story and, of course, was fired for telling the truth about what is happening with your taxpayer dollars if you live in New York. Uh, the taxpayers of New York have already spent over a billion dollars housing these migrants. Eric Adams signed a $275 million deal to house thousands more migrants across the city. But guess what? 50% of New York City hotels are filled with illegals already. Uh, Adams proposed putting adult migrants in school gymnasiums where children were actively present. And it just gets better from here. So, um, you know, before I get on to the uh, up-to-date news on what's happening in New York, if you would like to please go and donate to Carlos as a thank you for his bravery in coming forward to expose to the average American what is going on, maybe instead of leaving a super chat tonight, you go and throw Carlos $10 to help him stay on his feet until he's able to find a new job. Because like I said, he was incredibly brave and coming forward about this link is down below thank you guys so much for your support always uh, but again with the migrant crisis you had new york city you had chicago clashing with the biden administration it's really funny because democrats are all infighting right now progressives are all infighting you know where's aoc to go cry at the border fence about the poor migrants she's very she's awfully quiet right because i'm sorry doesn't she represent the the bronx which is one of the five boroughs of uh, new york she should be very vocal about the migrant crisis. But uh, I guess now that it's actually affecting citizens in New York and they're getting pissed off, she really doesn't want to have too much to say about that. I haven't heard much from her anyway. Um, but yeah, Chicago and New York, very upset with how the Biden administration is handling this. And a lot of people on the right have stated, well, you know what? You get what you vote for. Stop complaining. Stop crying. But to be quite honest with you guys, the way that I view this issue is like peeing in a pool. OK, just because somebody goes and pees on the opposite side of the pool doesn't mean that you're not in the same pool with said urine. OK, so think about this, guys. Like, I get really annoyed when conservatives make this argument of like, well, you'll get what you vote for. Where do you, you think that these migrants are going to stay in the sanctuary cities forever? You think that these migrants are going to stay in Philadelphia, Chicago and New York when they become so overrun and there's no place for them to go? No, they're going to spread out to the rest of the United States. They are going to be in areas like Texas and Arizona. It doesn't matter if you're in a red state. They're going to go to Florida. I mean, uh, you know, Governor DeSantis has done a good job of trying to be like, hey, you know what? Uh, if you're illegal, you're not going to be employed here. But it's like, why are we even having to pass that legislation? I know this problem starts at the top with the federal government refusing to secure our border because they don't care if America dies. They're trying to subvert all of us in a controlled collapse of our entire civilization anyway. But with that being said, it's like... I've always had issue with Greg Abbott busing illegals further into our country. And I'm having issue now with people on the right wing clapping as these cities are being destroyed when ultimately that's what every American city is going to look like because we're not fortifying our border. Maybe conservative conservatives should start utilizing that energy to tell their governors to secure the border if they live in a border state. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Now, to give you guys an idea of what I'm talking about, uh, this is from CWB Chicago. Venezuelan migrant arrested three times since arriving in Chicago 
three weeks ago. A Venezuelan migrant has been arrested three times since he arrived in Chicago um, as he appeared in felony bond court on a retail theft charge. And while city officials try to figure out how to handle the steady flow of migrants, Tuesday's hearing aimed a spotlight on another issue. Authorities may not know who some of the migrants are. So apparently the migrant that they they arrested tried to steal hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise. My own whistleblower as well coming forward and telling me that a lot of these migrants uh, will try to handle things the same way that they handled them in their country of origin with violence, with theft, um, with murder. So that's why we are going to see an uptick in crime. Let's not forget that there was that shooting in Texas where that family was murdered by an illegal immigrant. Yeah. So it, it's like, oh yeah, the Chicago voted for that. We didn't vote for that in Texas. You know what we voted for? A governor who would hopefully secure our border, but Greg Abbott isn't doing a great job of that. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe you guys differ in opinion, on what I'm saying with that, but I don't understand sharing on the destruction of our country if it's just farther away than where we live. Like, it's just, it's dumb to me, but whatever. Um, again, to give you guys an idea, though, of Chicago and how they are dealing with the migrant crisis, uh, Black Chicagoans... Chicagoans? I don't know how to say that. Whatever. Angry at $51 million aid package for illegal immigrants. This is also from the post-millennial. Chicago residents are furious about the city's newly passed $51 million aid package for illegal immigrants, which has sparked significant pushback from black residents that claim the deal negatively impacts their communities. During a city council meeting on Wednesday... Uh, black residents vocalized their frustrations and offered the city alternative options that they believe are better suited for the $51 million taxpayer funds. And then they go on to say that, you know, they're mad at the mayor, they're mad at the city council, uh, that they should have been given this money for the black community. So now it's uh, BLM versus illegal immigrants. Who will win? Who will be the victor in the woke Olympics? Only time will tell, my friends. will be very interesting to watch. But you know what? At least the black Americans are American. So, uh, yeah, I think that they should at least have some say in where their taxpayer dollars are going. But, no, the illegals do get precedent over them. So, uh Welcome to Woke America in 2023. The Oppression Olympics is well underway, and it seems that BLM has been replaced, my friends. Now, one of the very fun parts of the modern day is that it's not so easy for our government to lie to us anymore about what is happening in our country because Elon Musk spent $44 billion to save free speech because he is trying to make a tw Twitter, uh, you know, basically this one-stop shop for all things. He's trying to be a competitor to YouTube, to Instagram, to everything, right? And that has a lot of people scared. That's why we keep seeing this narrative from the right wing that um, Twitter is this alt-right platform because we are allowed to freely speak because independent journalists like myself were previously silenced for telling the truth about what our government is doing. Uh, we are allowed to report now. We're allowed to show people what's going on. Remember during the COVID times, 
that everybody kind of forgot about. I even, yeah, I'm guilty of this as well. Sometimes I'm like, what do you, yeah, I'm so distracted with the illegal immigration crisis and the 2024 election coming up and the Russia-Ukraine war and the FBI being super corrupt and coming after Donald Trump and being exposed for their entire Russian collusion hoax, which we already knew happened. We'll get into that in a minute. It's like we get so overwhelmed with the constant barrage of new corruption that we forget about the old corruption sometimes. But do you remember during the COVID times when um, you couldn't say anything about the virus? You couldn't say that it originated from the coronavirus lab in Wuhan. You couldn't say that the vaccine was ineffective, uh, that Dr. Fauci was lying. You couldn't say that people were getting myocarditis or blood clots from the vaccine. And then you fast forward to 2023 and beloved actors like Jamie Foxx are having strokes and are paralyzed because of blood clots in their brain. Yeah, it's really interesting to see, you know, how the entire, um, framework of censorship has worked itself out. Uh, But before we get off of the immigration crisis, I do want to highlight how we are making positive moves in the right direction because censorship is no longer being allowed to prosper. I don't want to be blackpilled with you guys all the time and just sit here and complain and cry about the destruction of our country. I think that we are headed in a positive direction. Now, last thing on the immigration crisis, and then we'll head into censorship news and uh, degeneracy month. (sighs) Corinne Jean-Pierre had this to say about illegal immigration today uh, because people have made issue out of the fact that our federal government is paying for illegal immigrants to be bused further into our country. Now, Customs and Border Patrol, funny enough, they put this um, tweet out. I believe this was last week. Let me make sure. Yes. Well, not last week, the week before. Customs and Border Patrol said notice claims that migrants will be provided free travel and transportation to their destination are false. The U.S. government does not provide help or financial support for non-citizens, you guys. Now, a lot of reporters who live on the border, who report the truth about what's happening at the border, came forward and brutally fact-checked Customs and Border Patrol. And they were like, really? So if the government isn't funding migrants being bused or transported throughout the United States, then how do they keep getting these free plane tickets and free bus tickets? So a bunch of reporters, myself included, went and fact-checked CBP. And then because we live in the age of truth now, which is really great, um, Twitter fact check actually said this statement by Customs and Border Patrol is misleading as the federal government funds non-governmental organizations such as Catholic churches to assist in the travel, food and shelter for illegal aliens and is coordinated by FEMA. Now, I absolutely love that because, um, again, the MVM Inc. organization, which I had mentioned earlier in this broadcast, they received $140 million from the Biden administration. And this is one of the organizations that was taking migrant children and handing them off to random adults throughout the United States of America. They were putting them on flights, okay, charter planes that were paid for by you and me. They were shipping them throughout the United States. And, uh, Who knows where these kids are going? There's actually a big issue right now with children, migrant children, disappearing under the Biden administration. Another thing that the mainstream media doesn't really want to touch on, I wonder why. So the Biden administration very much funding 
the trafficking of children. Uh, but now that they're being fact-checked, right, our federal government, our institutions are being fact-checked, now it's an issue for the Biden administration. And Karine Jean-Pierre had this to say about the transportation of illegal immigrants throughout the United States today. I've said it many times from here, repeatedly uh, from, from this podium, that uh, busing or flying migrants uh, around the country without any coordination with the federal government, we've talked about this, uh, state or local officials as well, uh, is dangerous and unacceptable. And we'll continue to be very, very clear about that. Uh, it is dangerous and unacceptable because you're putting people's lives at risk, uh, and it's dangerous and Okay, so it's dangerous and unacceptable to bus migrants throughout the United States without the coordination of the federal government, despite the fact that they've already been doing that um, for the past two years. But this is the best part, right? Because uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, I'm sure that this clip won't necessarily be fact-checked on Twitter. And it's because she's saying that basically the Republican governors that are saying, yeah, you know, the federal government, like I showed you guys in that clip of that woman trying to shut me down from filming, uh, like Customs and Border Patrol will go into, well, they won't go into, well, actually, my whistleblower has alleged that there are jobs now where American bus drivers are being hired to drive into Mexico, go pick up migrants and just pick them up because they're already on the border and bring them into the United States. But I mean, you guys have seen the various clips of migrants being bused into the U.S. And of course, that's uh, under the federal government's protocol. But then when Republican governors take those same migrants and then bus them to New York to sanctuary cities where they're supposed to be welcomed because, uh, you know, they say that they're going to provide these migrants with housing and shelter and food and benefits. And then when push comes to shove, they can't do it. Uh, now it's a problem for the federal government. Uh, by the way, one more thing. Eric Adams came out and said this today. Uh, he's floating the idea of New Yorkers housing migrants in private residences. Yes, your child's school isn't enough. The luxury hotels of New York City aren't enough. Now Eric Adams wants you to put illegal immigrants in your house. Uh, Mayor Eric Adams now wants to start paying everyday New Yorkers to shelter migrants in their own homes as the Big Apple struggles to find beds for the thousands of asylum seekers still flooding into the city. In his latest attempt to battle the ongoing migrant crisis, Adams on Monday floated a half-baked private residence plan which could possibly see local homeowners getting compensation to put up asylum seekers. So he basically goes on to say like, oh, well, we should just be, you know, recycling our taxpayer funds and paying people to put migrants in uh, their private residences. There's lots of landlords that could be putting migrants in apartments or this or that. It's a mess up there in New York. They have no idea what they're doing. Like I said, if you have not watched my latest mini documentary, I would highly encourage you to do so because what is happening in New York will inevitably be the entire United States of America if we do not secure our border. And in some places, like I said, it, it already is essentially a third world country. You have business owners in New York who whose businesses are being looted. And they're dealing with thieves because these migrants are coming in. They're taking what they want. They're facing no repercussion. Their children are getting drunk in these hotels. By the way, regarding that incident report, uh, many of the parents will leave their children in the hotels. They'll just check out for a week and say, yeah, my kid's fine here. And then the parents just disappear. And then it's up to these employee contracted workers to take care of these migrant children. So um, that's what's happening in New York City. And like I said, it's getting harder for the government to lie about it.
Customs and Border Patrol brutally fact-checked when they tried to say, yeah, the federal government is like totally not doing this, you guys. It's, it's such a joke. It's such a joke. Like, why would we spend your taxpayer dollars on bringing illegal immigrants into the country? We are not doing that. And then Twitter comes in is like, actually, you are. Here's the proof. You got caught in 4K. Shut up. Now, I love new Twitter, okay? I love it. So a couple of things that have happened since I've been gone that we're going to brush on. We're just going to you know, run through this really quick because, again, highlights how effective the truth has become on social media and how brilliant of a platform Twitter now is now that fact checks are accurate and that people can combat things and tell the truth. Now, I'm sure many of you heard this story of the uh, New York City bike Karen, okay? So this was a pregnant white nurse who paid for a bike. You can get those electric bikes. She paid for one of them. And then this group of black teens comes and harasses her and tries to take the bike away. And then this video goes viral. And of course, people on the internet start piling on and start labeling this woman a white racist for attacking these young teens. You have NBC News here who said a New York City hospital employee has been placed on leave after a viral video that appeared to show her attempting to take a rental bike from a group of young black men. It garnered millions of views. So there's NBC peddling more fake news and then the beautiful fact check comes in and Twitter says, uh, yeah, this NBC tweet is misleading and was released. After numerous publications already corroborated that the pregnant nurse had a receipt showing she paid for the bicycle, it was taken from her by the man after she paid for it. So really funny. The media is going to try to do what they do best, pedal race wars to try to keep us all distracted from real problems. And uh, they're not going to be able to do it so easily anymore because of these fact checks, which are extremely important. Now, completely different subject, right? Abortion, another thing that has a lot of people up in arms. A lot of women saying, my body, my choice. I can't get an abortion. My health is at risk. Oh my gosh. So I, I love these uh, abortion lies that go on. Okay. So this is one of them. This person tweets out, a 24-year-old woman in Alabama was arrested and charged with a felony after she suffered a stillbirth. We told y'all this would be the consequences of abortion bans. So you always have the left wing that's like, oh my gosh, a woman had a miscarriage and she just went straight to jail, straight to jail, because we live in the hands made too. It's like, you just go to jail. You, you know, you're pregnant, you sneeze wrong, your baby comes out, you just go to jail. That's it. That's America in 2023. No. Fact check comes in. She was charged with the felony chemical endangerment after the stillborn baby tested positive for methamphetamine, amphetamines, and fentanyl. Hell of a fact check right there for you guys. Let's keep going, okay? Uh, this one's a personal favorite of mine. This one comes from Laura Helmuth, who happens to be the editor-in-chief of Scientific American. Because science in 2023 is just like basically how weird gay people feel. They're like, yeah, science is like subjective. And like, if you feel like the biology that we've had for the past beginning of time is incorrect, then that's okay. And you can be whatever you want to be in the modern day. And that's modern day science. Uh, so Laura Helmuth the editor-in-chief of the Scientific American says, white-throated sparrows have four chromosomally distinct sexes that pair up in fascinating ways. P.S. Nature is amazing. P.P.S. Sex is not binary. And then we scroll down 
to that fact check and it says yeah white-throated sparrows have two sexes they do have the four unique chromosome combinations but there's still two sexes that produce either sperm or eggs the female types are the white striped females and the tan striped females and then the male birds are white striped males and tan striped males interesting so their feathers might differentiate but they're still either male or female and it still either takes a male and a female to make other little birdies. Can't get a male and a male or like a male bird and another male bird that identifies as a female bird and make more little birds. That's not how it works. So just, you know, really sad that the editor-in-chief of the Scientific American had to be fact-checked on that one. But uh, it's just because we're living in such a truthful society, my friends. Now... I know a lot of us might not have liked Elon Musk. Many of us might still not like his endeavors with Neuralink and, uh, you know, some of the other things that he is putting forth. However, like I said, I think that overall, Elon Musk has common sense. And he's not afraid to push back against the powers that be to state that common sense. Now, one of the important things that Twitter is doing right now is Twitter spaces, which is essentially like the live version of a podcast, right? For example, uh, Ron DeSantis utilized Twitter spaces to announce his presidency or his, uh, yeah, his run for presidency. RFK was also on Twitter spaces today and he was, you know, talking to the American public about what he plans to do. Tulsi Gabbard was in that space. Elon Musk was in that space as well. And uh, after DeSantis announced his um presidential run, Elon Musk tweeted out, all presidential candidates are most welcome on this platform. Now, something very interesting is happening, okay? So now that Elon Musk is allowing these candidates to have a direct line to the people, now that Elon Musk is allowing content creators to upload up to two hours of content to Twitter, Direct competition to YouTube. By the way, let's not forget about Rumble, a very solid competitor to YouTube. We are starting to see a lot of shifts within big tech that we, we didn't traditionally see. So all presidential candidates welcome on this platform. Now, while RFK Jr. was very censored because he's been at the forefront of fighting back against big pharma and highlighting the realities of the dangers of the COVID vaccine. Now, apparently Instagram had deleted his account. I'm not sure exactly what he was deleted for um, initially, but this comes from ALX Meta, okay? Formerly Facebook, now owns Instagram as well, has reinstated RFK Jr.'s personal Instagram account, okay? This comes after his team was prevented from setting up a campaign account. In a statement, Meta spokesperson Andy Stone said, as he is now an active candidate for president of the United States, we have restored access to RFK Jr.'s Instagram account. Very interesting because I remember a period of time when it didn't matter if you were the sitting president of the United States. Big tech would still silence you and uh, that would be the end of it. Pretty sure Facebook was a part of that as well. But I guess this is meta now, so they've changed their ways. This probably has nothing to do with the fact that uh, Elon Musk is now welcoming all presidential candidates to his platform and allowing them to have free speech, and he's uh, garnering a record amount of new users. 
despite what media might be reporting, despite media trying to say that Twitter is this alt-right echo chamber of evil and Nazism, uh, Twitter seems to be doing very well. It's thriving. Uh, again, Ron DeSantis's campaign announcement crashed the servers, which a lot of people laughed at and they were like, oh my gosh, haha, this was horrible. Uh, to me, I, I really enjoy watching failure and I didn't even view that as failure. I think that it was great because guess what? Uh, RFK Jr. had his, uh, you know, I guess, campaign announcement or he, I don't know what this would be called, like essentially town hall, but on Twitter, uh, 700,000 viewers in total tuned in and it did not crash. So Elon Musk is doing a great job of, again, updating the platform as, you know, little errors arise. It's going to be very interesting to see how much Twitter will be utilized ahead of 2024. Also, Trump, just come back to Twitter, man. We all know you want to. Just do it. All right. It's good. It, we get it. We get it. You're loyal to Truth Social. We're proud of you. But come back to Twitter, man. Just do it. Okay. So very interesting. Instagram uh, reinstating RFK Jr.'s account. And then a YouTube, very interesting on this one, YouTube reversing election misinformation policy and is now allowing people to say that there was fraud in the 2020 election. Three years too late, but uh, I guess better late than never. This comes from Axios. And if you read into this uh, story, YouTube is uh, quoted saying two years Tens of thousands of video removals and one election cycle later, we recognized it was time to reevaluate the effects of this policy and today's changed landscape. With that in mind and with 2024 campaigns well underway, we will stop removing content that advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors or glitches occurred in the 2020 and other past U.S. presidential elections. Now, 2020 was not the first example of election fraud or an election potentially being swayed. Like you can go and see other examples of this in the past. Um, but we all know what happened with 2020. And so many people, myself included, I mean, guys, we almost lost this entire YouTube channel. I genuinely am surprised that I am still here because I had, you know, made peace with completely losing the channel. And there was a period of time when the entire channel almost did get deleted because you guys know me. I was like, oh, we're talking about, oh, we can't talk about vaccines. Oh, we can't talk about uh, election misinformation and election fraud. I guess we're talking about that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people suffered under these... Um, mundane rules that again twitter and facebook and youtube and instagram are making up as they went and now they're all reversing them now really interesting theory that i heard today uh the reason why twitter is reversing this is because they're gearing up for trump to win in 2024 and let's not forget what happened in 2016 to 2020 now remember that for the entirety of Donald Trump's presidency, we were told that his election was stolen, that Donald Trump was put into power by the Russians and Russian disinformation essentially was used to install him. And we saw the full force of the FBI fully involved in this. Now, again, this is a little bit older of a story, but just bringing up examples for you guys, okay? Uh, cold cut case of more government corruption that we're probably never going to see anybody held accountable for. This is from Greg Price, breaking according, according to the Durham report, the FBI agents who received the false Trump Alpha Bank story from Michael Sussman determined there were lies 
but it was FBI leadership that ordered them to open a full case into it anyway, meaning that the false claim that Trump was connected to a Russian bank were also given to the media with full coordination between Hillary Clinton's campaign, Fusion GPS, Sussman, and Mark Elias. So what this all means for maybe some of us who, you know, aren't following along here. Um, the entirety of Donald Trump colluding with Russia, Russia uh, you know, they were trying to impeach him over that. They were trying to impede his presidency. The FBI uh, was involved with uh, election interference here, and they tried to oust a democratically elected president of the United States based on lies. They knew that these uh, Russian collusion lies were lies. And the FBI said, let's run with it. Let's see, let's see how far we can go with this. Hillary Clinton knew about this. I'm sure Obama knew about this. Biden knew about this. It was all a lie. Yes, this Hillary Clinton, the same one that tweeted back in October of 2016, computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. So, it seems like Hillary Clinton, or, you know, the Democratic Party, made up a lie about their political opponent and then utilized the deep state to try to oust said political opponent based on lies because they didn't like him. Hmm. Crazy, right? It's just crazy. So YouTube reversing that uh, election fraud policy. Like I said, some people speculating it's because they do think Trump could potentially win in 2024. And uh, they need to be able to do exactly what they did, did in 2016 to 2020, which is basically rewrite that entire narrative from questioning an election is dangerous to democracy to, yeah, this election was stolen by Russia and it's fraudulent. It's just so funny how we continuously see the flip-flop and hypocrisy from the Democratic Party time and time again. Um, but because they are masters of propaganda, they continue to get away with it. But again, that's why uh, the ability for us to tell the truth on Twitter has become so important. And it is why I believe it was the FBI as well that tried to come after Elon Musk and was trying to investigate him uh, for some something or another after he took over Twitter. And why is that? Because they're threatened. Why is that? Because the Bidens are being exposed right now. Because the FBI is being exposed right now. Because the DHS is being exposed every single day. The Department of Justice for targeting Christian, Catholic Americans, parents who just care about what their kids are seeing, uh, you know, for targeting the January 6th defendants who are innocently walking through the Capitol, for um, targeting a sitting elected president of the United States and spreading false uh, disinformation to sow discord and distrust uh, in the American public with everything going on. It's like the media has gotten so out of hand. And you guys all know this. It's like I'm beating a dead horse here, but... This is why, and I know a lot of people have gotten blackpilled, right? They get tired. It's like we've heard this time and time again. But let's take the white pill here and say, you know what? It's great that we've gotten to this point where so many people are waking up to the government corruption. And on top of that, we can in live time utilize platforms like Twitter to tell the truth and debunk these government lies. Because for so many decades, you had the media telling you the truth, which was, again, the U.S. government's propaganda of what was happening, whether it was, you know, why we were involved in a foreign war or 
the truth about our, you know, the Federal Reserve and our currency or I mean, you know, pick a topic, any topic like abortion. You guys just saw the fact check I saw on that. Like how many people have been lied to across a multitude of issues and how many people were targeted with psychological warfare um, to be manipulated into voting a certain way, into thinking a certain way. Look at what happened in 2020. The media incited riots, violent riots across this entire country based on a lie that George Floyd died because there was a knee on his neck. That was based on a lie. So I think we're making positive moves in the right direction. I really do. And again, this is coming from somebody who's been boots on the ground for the past three weeks, seeing the destruction firsthand. But it's great that I can still report that to you guys. And on top of that, I have a platform now where if Customs and Border Patrol tries to pretend and debunk the entirety of my reporting, you have 10 other reporters who can corroborate exactly what I am saying, and I can corroborate what they're saying. And then you have a fact check coming in and saying, yeah, this is actually false. Here's the links to all the reporters who are debunking this right now. So absolutely incredible where we're at. Uh, now, uh, I think that Twitter just passed their first litmus test as well because the Daily Wire decided to stream what is a woman on Twitter because, like I said, they are going to potentially be a legitimate competitor to YouTube. So they were streaming Matt Walsh's What is a Woman? And it was this big thing. And the eve before the premiere, Twitter apparently pulled out of the deal. So their CEO came forward and said that there were two instances of misgendering in this film, which which led to Twitter pulling out of the deal and saying, you can stream it on the platform, but it's not going to be promoted. We are not going to allow people who don't follow the Daily Wire to see the film. And on top of that, we're going to label it uh, hate speech. So uh, the CEO put out this thread. It went extremely viral. And Elon Musk actually did respond to it. And he, uh, he said that it was a huge mistake made by a lot of people at Twitter and that Elon even said, look, I adhere to people's preferred pronouns, but it's not illegal not to. At most, it's rude. That was his response to this. And then shortly after this announcement, it was reported that Twitter's vice president of trust and safety, Ella Irwin, left the company. So this was a really good litmus test for Twitter to see if free speech was really going to be allowed to prosper on this platform. And something better that even came out of this is that because uh, Twitter had initially tried to pull out of this deal and it became such a bigger issue than it needed to be, the documentary in total, right, this is an hour and 30 minutes long on Twitter, has 175 million views. On top of that, Elon Musk personally retweeted it, said that everybody needed to see this documentary and pinned it to his Twitter profile. Now, Elon Musk has a following of 142.3 million people on social media. Now, I'm not saying that Elon is our great savior or anything like that, but I think that it is so incredibly important that we have somebody of this stature in society of this influence who is coming forward and talking about these issues and who is brave enough to have common sense 
Because let's keep in mind that all of our institutions have been so infiltrated that you now have therapists and psychologists and doctors that are afraid to come out and say that a biological man is not really a woman if he says so. Because that's how far our culture has gotten. So it is very important for us to have people like Elon Musk at the forefront of talking about these issues. Because again, it is Pride Month and the propaganda, even though it is shoved down our throat, 365 days a year, this this is the month that goes into overdrive. Here's an example of uh, your modern day public school in 2023. Waving their trans pride Black Lives Matter flag. And you know, a lot of people in the LGBTQ community like to say, oh, well, like, that's that's what it is. We want kids to be inclusive and diverse and not be scared of gay people. That's why we have to teach them about sexuality. And then you go to your local pride event and this is what you say. Okay, so for my podcast viewers, you're blessed because I have to go bleach my eyes out after viewing this clip. Okay, watching some softcore BDSM in a public area where children could very well be present. Now, when I went to Pride last year, I'm going to get that off screen. I don't want to look at it anymore. I saw something similar to this, okay? You had kids marching at Pride in Washington, D.C., and there was a naked tranny breasts out and bulge in his little freaking Speedo twerking on a cop, just naked, twerking in front of these little kids. It was horrific, I didn't like seeing it. And these little kids are just there like doing an Irish jig behind this. So the left has severely overplayed their card and Americans are getting really pissed off about this because nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. I'm sorry, people in the gay community don't even want to see that. It's it's degenerate. It's gross. It doesn't belong in the public view. Typically, you know, in the past, people would have been arrested for public indecency. But now it's like, yeah, go ahead and flash your dick to a kid. Uh, as long as you're gay, it's fine. It's totally fine. Um, let's take a peek again at uh, what's going on in our public schools. From California, okay, this is from the post-millennial as well, California high school teacher instructs students on how to get pleasure from anal sex and how to buy sex toys from Target. So this was an educator at the El Dorado High School in Placentia, California, who was captured on video giving students explicit instructions during their class on how to have pleasure during anal sex. And then she goes into a very detailed discussion as to why gay men like anal sex, why it's pleasurable for them because they have a lot of nerve endings in their booty. Um, she then tells the class that the prostate gland is like the G spot for women, except for men. And then she instructs the kids on how to go to target and find sex toys there. So it's just, this is what's happening in public schools. It's uh, very horrific. I'm not going to lie here. And um, yeah, it's it's just, it's a lot. I don't like reporting on this stuff, to be quite honest with you guys. Uh, it's disgusting to me. And, you know, some other people pointing out as well. Uh, when did sex ed become teaching kids about like gay men having sex? And all these different sexualities. Like what happened to just teaching kids about reproductive health, about like, okay, the birds and the bees, this is how a child is created. Now it's like, oh, um, don't worry about that. 
because there's 58,000 genders and men can now have sex with men and have a baby. And also, here's how to buy a sex toy and have anal sex kids. It's horrific. Now, at the beginning of Pride Month, uh, I saw this headline from NBC News that said, Most Americans say companies should publicly support LGBTQ community survey finds. Three out of four respondents said they feel comfortable seeing LGBTQ people in advertisements. According to a new survey by an LGBTQ advocacy group, GLAAD. So, of course, this gay group goes and um, does this survey in what I would imagine is a very blue area, okay? So I guess they surveyed 2,500 adults um, who didn't identify as a member of the LGBTQ community. And 70% of them said that uh, companies should support LGBTQ people. Okay. So this is what the media would have you believe, right? Let's check in on the reality of that. Oh, oh, Target. You guys lost $9 billion? What happened? Oh, you guys were trying to sell gay onesies for kids? Yeah, I guess Americans don't really like it when corporations shove woke propaganda down their throats. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? Oh, yeah. Maybe parents don't want to see tuck-friendly swimsuits for their children in Target front and center. Now, this is actually really interesting because Target has been doing this for years. This is not new. Their uh, pride section, it was always a very big, very bold right up front. But parents, again, because of the utilization of social media and because how out of hand the LGBTQ community has gotten with targeting children, they got pissed off this year. And Target lost $9 billion in a week following a boycott of their stores for offering LGBTQ-themed clothes for children. A week ago, Wednesday before the controversy erupted, Target stock closed at $169 a share, giving the big box chain a market capitalization of $74.3 billion. As of early trading on Thursday, however, shares of the company were trading off 1% at 141, capping a week-long tumble that has shrunk the cheap, chic discount retailer's value to 65 0.3 billion. So that's about a 12% drop that shaved a whopping $9 billion off the company's market capitalization. Target said on Tuesday it was removing some of some items from its stores and making other changes to its LGBTQ merchandise nationwide ahead of Pride Month after intense backlash from some customers who confronted workers and tipped over displays. So Really funny because, you know, Glad would have you thinking that all Americans, 70% of us, want companies to support the LGBTQ community and shove pride down our throat. But it really seems like uh, the American public has something other to say. Let's keep going. Let's check in on Bud Light because remember how uh, they did their partnership with Dylan Mulvaney and everybody loved it so much that Bud Light now risks losing their number one status in the United States as sales plunged 27, 25.7% in a week. Oh, no. <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> Another corporation went woke and uh, tried to push transgenderism on a consumer base that's primarily men who want to watch sports and drink beer and don't give a damn about transgenderism and don't want it pushed down their throat. Their sales plunged 25%. They also lost billions. That's crazy. Who would have thunk? I mean, that NBC headline told me that 70% of Americans want this type of stuff. So why are these corporations losing billions of dollars? I, I couldn't tell you. It's just, it's, it's baffling to me, guys. It's just absolutely baffling. 
So we all know the intense scrutiny that Bud Light has been under since Dylan Mulvaney came out with his TikTok with the, the Bud Light can with his face on it as he pretended to be a woman. Um, so, yeah, very interesting to see Americans' reactions to this. And like I said, I think people are tired of it. I don't think that anybody had issues with gay people. I think that for a long time, Americans were like, cool, y'all do you, whatever, don't push it in my face. And for a small period of time, it was like that. And then all of a sudden, every single TV show had a gay character. And then all of a sudden, every single uh, advertisement had a gay character. And everything got more and more diverse and to the point where it's like, okay, we're tired of it. You're pushing it down our throat. And uh, we don't want to be inclusive of this anymore because it's degenerate. And you're openly mocking people who don't want to accept this and who don't want to be forced to use your cult-like language. It's ridiculous. Now, the Dodgers were at the forefront of this controversy because they decided to invite um, these sisters of perpetual indulgence, which are basically satanic nuns. They were making an entire mockery out of Catholicism. So they were going to have their pride night at Dodger Stadium. They, the, the sisters were originally not invited, and then there was so much backlash that they invited them. And now you have uh, you know, the pitcher for the Dodgers coming forward and saying that uh, the team's decision to honor these anti-Christian drag nuns organizations is a, a bad thing. Now, I do wish that the players would have come out more forcefully. Uh, Clayton Kershaw also, I mean, he didn't really, like, he was just like, yeah, this isn't good, uh, but we're going to have Christian night. I wish he would have been more forceful. Uh, honestly, I think he's one of the best pitchers in the league. So imagine if Clayton Kershaw said, yeah, I'm sitting out of the game that night i'm not gonna play imagine if five of the best freaking players on the field said no i'm not gonna do that you're insulting christianity and you know what the best part about this is is that i don't think the la dodgers know who their base is you know who the majority of uh, the la dodgers fans are they're hispanics you know what the majority of hispanics are they're catholic so you're gonna bring in these satanic drag queens who make a mockery of catholicism it's just it's not a good idea and that's the entire problem with all of these woke corporations is they're not reading the room. They're completely ignoring their entire base. And that is why they are completely plummeting. That's why the average American citizen who is just happy living their life. It's like, okay, you want to go be gay? You want to have your pride march? Go ahead and do it. Just don't target my kid. I don't care. Stop infiltrating my sports. Oh, now my favorite beer brand. Now my favorite store. Now my favorite team is a... Uh, capitulating to these people and I'm basically told to go kick rocks? I don't think so. People are getting absolutely tired of it. And again, that is directly tied to the decay of morals and values in our society where we did, you know, we let the left take an inch and they took like 58,000 miles. So yeah, Americans, they got psyoped into being uh, inclusive and diverse, but that really has led to us being completely subverted and us not being able to say basic truths and facts. Now as a woman, if I go hold up a sign in my local community that says men are not women, I guarantee you some big burly man or some psychotic teenagers will come and try to beat me up for it. The Dodger, I mean, there were other MLB players who pushed back against this and then they had to come out and apologize for their bigotry. I mean, money definitely talks, but like I said, it's it, people do have to eventually stand up and make a change, and they will. But sadly, things have to get this bad. It's like, yeah, you have to bring in satanic nuns that make a mockery of Christianity for 
one of the Dodgers to stand up. Like I said, Clayton Kershaw also stood up, but his response was kind of weak to me. I don't know. But, you know, uh, this was Blake Trennan. His statement was great. He said that he's disappointed to see the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. Many of their performances are blasphemous and their work only displays hate and mockery of Catholics and the Christian faith. I understand that playing baseball is a privilege and not a right. My convictions in Jesus Christ will always come first. Since I have been with the Dodgers, they have been at the forefront of supporting a wide variety of groups. However, inviting the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to perform disenfranchises a large community and promotes hate of Christians and people of faith. This single event alienates the fans and supporters of the Dodgers, MLB and professional sports, people like baseball for its entertainment value and competition. The fans do not want propaganda or politics forced on them. Absolutely. And you can read the rest of his statement there. Um, but I, I really, I liked this, you know, he, he goes on to talk about how he believes Jesus Christ died on the cross. Uh, he throws Galatians six, seven in there, um, which talks about God not being mocked and the importance of that. Um, so like I said, strong statement there. I wish some of the other Dodgers would stand up. Uh, I've been, I was like born a Dodgers fan. My family has been Dodgers fans for generations. So it's just really disappointing to see this. And, uh, you know, my first thought when I saw this as well is like the Muslims would never let this happen. Imagine if you had like, uh, some drag organization that was making a mockery of Mohammed. Muslims would just handle it very differently. That's all I'm saying. It's just, it's interesting to me. It's just a thought. The Muslims don't mess around. The modern day Christians are kind of soft. I'm not calling for Christians to be like violent and crazy or anything, but it's like the least we can do is stand up and be like, yeah, I'm not going to play in a game where we're mocking Christians. Not going to do it. Let's keep going. Now, it's funny because we're starting to see a lot of these clips go very viral on social media of people with, like I said, basic common sense going viral for pushing back against the transgender ideology and how ridiculous it's all become. Um, so watch this clip of a fifth grade teacher schooling a woman about transgender ideology. Listen to this. Transgender boys who might not have their own money to go buy tampons. If they're provided free in the bathroom, it's, it's a huge plus. Men do not menstruate. Only women menstruate. Now, you can call yourself Cis whatever you don't want. don't menstruate, but trans men do menstruate. No, Same they as non-binary people. <clears throat> Only women. Menstruating is not exclusive yes, to cis is. women. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So explain you're, to me as to why my body menstruated you are, at If some your point chromosomes then. are XX and you're young, you menstruate. If you're XY, you don't. Correct, but what about trans men and non-binary? They're We're not men. We're a whole group of they're, people They're women dressed as men. You are not a man. You can pretend to be a man, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Live your life. And tell me what a man is. Well, what's a man to you? You define a man for me. You have chromosomes that are X and Y. That's what a man is. So why are we just looking at the the the, the science of this as an the example? Science. When when we've learned sex and gender identity are two very they're completely different things. They're not completely different. They are things. completely different. Completely different words. And sex is what you're born with, the sexual reproductive organs you have. Gender is what you identify with. Okay, so they're just going to keep going around in circles, but it's absolutely hilarious to me that, uh, you know, this fifth grade teacher is having to state the most common sense phrases to this person who's clearly a woman. 
like oh, my body my body menstruated like how could you say that men can't get periods it's like bro because you're a woman shut the hell up anyways uh more positives coming out of the modern day uh from the hill florida pride events canceled in wake of new laws and unsafe climate it's absolutely hilarious to me because the naacp came forward and said that florida was super unsafe for black people and now um the gays are canceling pride events in Florida because they say it's super unsafe because kids can't go and see the sexual degeneracy. Oh gosh, how are they going to survive? Uh, but you know, good on Florida for actually adhering and applying to, uh, uh, you know, their, their values over there and instilling some laws. Um, Again, going back to what I said about how important it is that we have big voices calling this out. Uh, you have every year I see these photos that say, this is what occupation looks like. And then it's all of the government's covered in transgender gay flags and even elon musk comments on this and says not oppressed again i can't overstate the importance of one of the biggest voices in big tech coming forward and pushing back against this gender ideology it's so important from the post-millennial it means castration jordan peterson and elon musk slam those who call child sex changes gender affirming care so um you know Elon Musk coming forward and saying gender affirming care for minors is pure evil. Responding to Jordan Peterson uh, here in Texas, we ban gender affirming care for minors. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott signed that into law, basically stating that you can't transition uh, your child, like get them castrated, essentially, um, which is what Elon Musk calls gender affirming care he responded to the rabbit hole on twitter who says gender affirming care is in the best of cases a euphemism for a paid yes man to continuously affirm delusions and in the worst of cases a euphemism for putting children on horrible drugs or outright child mutilation to which elon responds it means castration so he you know continues to go on he talks about how it's a messed up thing how mature consenting adults can do as they wish uh, so long as they don't harm anybody else but children are too young for for any kind of consent. So very, very important that we have one of the biggest voices, like I said, coming forward and pushing back against this um, ideology that has been so widely accepted by, again, some of the highest levels of education, hospitals, institutions, scientists in the United States of America. Now, uh, before we get off of the Pride Month um, topic, Let's not forget who these people are. Uh, this is from Rita Love on Twitter, who is a transgender critic of gender ideology. So an adult trans person who's pushing back against the woke insanity um, decided to wear a MAGA hat to a Pride event because, you know, Pride is supposed to be super inclusive and loving and diverse. This is how it went. I'm so, yeah, I'm welcome here. I am welcome here. No, you're not. You're not welcome here. Yes, Kate I am. Is not welcome here. I am welcome we don't here. Give a fuck about Trumpers. Local Blair White is welcome here. No, you're not welcome Let's here. fucking go. Yeah, no, you're not welcome here. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, this is Nazi. Nazi right here. We don't. We don't take Nazis here. Oh. No Nazis. No Nazis. No Nazis. Home, I'm not Nazi. a Nazi. Home, Nazi. They try to take my hat. Let's go. All right, so there you guys go. There is a member of the LGBTQ community, a transsexual person who went to a Pride event. But because this person 
does not adhere to the cult-like mindset of everybody else there, immediately labeled a Nazi, immediately labeled a bigot, immediately called every name in the book, hat, uh, you know, knocked off of their head, everything. So um, good on this person, um, good on Rita here for, you know, going and being brave enough to uh, push back against the cult. And, uh, you know, not everybody in this community is crazy. Like some of them are coming forward and um, pushing back against this. Like I know a lot of people as well on the right wing have beef with Blair White, but Blair White has been at the forefront of stating that children should not ever be gender transitioned, that, um, Again, Blair White as a transsexual is dealing with gender dysmorphia. Uh, as a person, Blair has never stated that transgenderism is this thing that is like should be normalized or accepted. So I think that when you have trans people that come forward and are honest with the reality of what transgenderism is, that's an important thing too. Um, so my two cents on that. Now, last story I'm going to go over for the day because it's just so crazy, uh, kind of random. But it was in the news last week, and it's just gotten so insane. Okay, Lululemon, my friends. Lululemon, okay? Their leggings go for about $120 a pop, all right? So a couple, like a week ago, four suspects, four black men, were arrested after a Georgia Lululemon robbery. And then the employees were fired for confronting the looters, okay? So here's a little video of what happened. You have these black men running into the Lululemon, grabbing merchandise. They allegedly stole no. up to seven thousand no. dollars worth of clothing. Get out! Get so you have two employees telling them to get out. And because they called the police, these criminals were apprehended, and they are currently being held. I know, but I don't. Want on a bond of $15,000 and $17,000, okay? So, you know, in uh, a normal society, we would hail these women as heroes for even confronting a robber. Like, that takes a lot of courage and bravery. But because we live in clown world, um, the CEO of Lululemon today came out and said that the employees who were fired, uh, yeah, they're standing by that decision because it's only merchandise. Now, you can go. we can go on to read the story, and basically, uh, they have a zero tolerance policy that we train our educators on around engaging during a theft. Uh, their educators are what Lululemon calls its workers. And they basically say, if there's a theft going on, do not confront the people. You're supposed to scan this QR code, I guess. You're not supposed to call the police. You're not supposed to get involved. And they try to say that this is for the safety of the workers, the other shoppers, right? So they, they try to kind of like make this situation really pretty and be like, well, we fired them because they were putting their lives at risk. So instead of rewarding these women for helping these thieves get caught, we fired them because we have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to thieves robbing our stores because it's only merchandise. So that's the CEO of Lululemon. So PSA, um, Lululemon's clothes are now free. So if you ever wanted their $120 leggings, I'm, I'll admit I have a pair of them, all right? They're great. One time I fell down, scraped my knee, my skin broke, but the, the cloth did not rip. Uh, you don't have to pay for them anymore, guys, because it's just merchandise. You can go into a Lululemon store, you can take whatever you want and that's uh, only merchandise, guys. So um, the employees know that if they tell you something, that if you try to instate uh, the rule of law, if you try to maybe say, hey, that's not the right thing to do, you shouldn't be doing that, they're going to lose their job and their entire livelihood. So, uh, you know, Lululemon, 
is going to be the next Starbucks. Starbucks did this exact same thing. They woke themselves to death. Uh, they had their policy where, you know, they would kick homeless people out or tell certain people they couldn't use the bathrooms. And then because they wanted to be so progressive and inclusive, they opened up their stores to everyone. Anybody could sit in a Starbucks, right? You could enjoy the free Wi-Fi. You didn't even have to buy a product. And then what happened? Starbucks across the nation started getting overwhelmed with homeless people who were shooting up in the bathrooms. And now Starbucks, especially in places like Portland and Seattle, have been closed all over the nation. And they're slowly backtracking on a lot of those policies. They slowly started putting the uh, codes on the bathrooms because the homeless people were going in there and doing bad things. Hmm. So I guess Lululemon's next. They are going to woke themselves into oblivion. And uh, now you don't have to pay for any of their merchandise. You can kind of just go in for free because it's only merchandise, guys. Welcome to Clown World in 2023. Now, I want to end the show on a funny note. I haven't put this clip on my YouTube channel yet. But in honor of Pride Month, right? I actually shot this video about a month ago. But because it's Pride Month, I'm going to play it for you guys here because it's just probably one of the best men on the streets I've ever done. I went to go ask the men, right? Because we're consistently told that trans women are women. So I was like, okay, okay, who likes women? Men. So let me go ask the fellas, let me go ask the dudes if they would date a trans woman and if they think it's gay to date one. Let's find out what they had to say. Fellas, is it gay to date a trans woman? Hell yeah. What in the hell do you mean? Hell yeah, you were born a man. Hey. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, yeah. For sure, that's gay as shit. Don't try to yeah. cancel me on some trans shit, but like, it's pretty sus. Yeah. Why? This is a good question. That's a really good question. I know. I mean, I don't know, because they have a dick? No. I mean, it's like whatever you like, man. Like, I don't know. It's not gay. It's not gay. If you're into it, you're into it. We're from Seattle, so like we're about that. <laughs> Fellas, is it gay to date a trans woman? Ooh, that's a good question. That's what I said. <laughs> um, depends on how hot she is. <laughs> Would you date a trans woman? Probably if not. She was hot. How come? I couldn't get past the dick. So it's got cock and balls. Yes. Is it gay to date him? Yes. For me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think so. Would you date a trans woman? No. What if they yeah, say, no. I'm, I'm a woman? No. Still no? No. For, no. Nah. I've heard some trans people talk about their female penises. What are your thoughts on that terminology? Trans people with female penises? Well, men who say that they're women and then they say they have a female penis now because they say they're a woman now. Oh, nah, that's a, that's a dick. You don't believe it's like a female dick? No, <laughs> what is this? Is there such a thing as a female dick? I'm, hey, it's a confusing subject. A female penis? No such thing. That's gay, a dick's a dick. Hey, what is that? <laughs> Repent and believe in the gospel. Happy Pride Month, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Rapid Fire. Again, I appreciate y'all being so patient with me as I was traveling the country for the past three weeks. Now, it is Pride Month, and you know your girl's going to be back on the ground reporting to you all of the degeneracy that's going to be happening this month. So pray for me and my mental health. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Again, if you like the show and you want to support, the link is down below for my website, for all of my social media accounts, for my subscribers, 
five star if you'd like to monetarily support or you can go leave me a five star review on apple Podcasts if you want to i don't know i like reading what you guys have to say also remember that carlos was incredibly brave in coming forward with his story about what is going on at the row nyc the largest migrant hotel in new york city so if you'd like to support him as well i would love for his uh fundraiser to get to two thousand dollars we're almost there the link is down below as well thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode my name is savannah hernandez and i'll see you guys next time